that you're doing well. Thank you, Hannah, once again for your beautiful song. And we are glad that you are here in the house of the Lord and you are with us online. God bless you. We're excited to have you with us. Well, this morning, today, we are going to continue talking about life. You are going to continue to get a life. <laughs> Well, in the previous message that I preached on part one of Get a Life, we talked about getting a life that has purpose and getting a life that will last forever. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for this time in your house. And we pray that, Lord, you would help to remove the distractions around us that you would quiet our hearts and our minds, and that you would help us to focus on you. And so, Lord, we just ask that your Holy Spirit would come, that you would speak, that you would have your way, and we pray, Father, that indeed you would challenge our hearts and our lives, and may you help us to be obedient to respond to you. So we commit this time into your hands, and we pray that you would have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Have you ever thought about how life is so short and fleeting? Have you ever thought about that? When we think about life in comparison to eternity, eternity that does not end, that will last forever, life is so short. The Bible says in James chapter 4, verse 14, it says, you do not know about tomorrow. What is your life? It is like a fog. You see it and soon it is gone. In other translations, it talks about life being like a vapor, like mist. It's here for a little and then it's gone. And when we think about life in comparison to eternity that is waiting for us, we need to make sure that we make the most of the life that God has given us, that we don't waste this life. Life is so precious, and it is intended for us to be lived out with purpose, intended for us to live well. And as we talked about in the previous message, we don't know how long we will have on this earth. We don't know how many years we will be allotted, but it is important that we use the time that we have now wisely. In John chapter 10, verse 10, and this is from the amplified version, Jesus said, I came that they may have life and have it in abundance or to the full till it overflows. Jesus came so that we could have life and experience all that he died to give us so that we could experience this abundant life. And if Jesus died to give it to us, then we need to get a life that you love and loves others. Get a life that you love and that loves others. It's important that we love our life, that we enjoy our life. But here's the thing. Our life is not meant to be lived selfishly. Because God also wants us to share and love others as well. It is your life. 
You get to choose what you do with it. But we need to make sure that with what we do with it, we are pleasing God and honoring him. Now, here's something that I want to say before we jump into loving your life, okay? The reality is for all of us that there are parts of our life and sometimes longer parts for some than others that are not very enjoyable. Do you know what I'm saying? There are some parts of our life that are just not comfortable, that are not enjoyable, that can often be very difficult and frustrating and and painful and bring heartaches and disappointments. That is the reality, that life brings all different seasons with it, and we go through different seasons in our life. But regardless of what we face in life, we need to remember that it too shall pass. We need to remember that even though weeping may endure for the night, joy comes in the morning. And so we need to remind ourselves that even when we're going through difficult times, and some of you right now are going through very difficult times in your life, Remember that God is still with you, that he will not leave you. And oftentimes our attitude and the view that we have in our situation will make or break the outcome, will help us to get through and will help us to have peace as we go through the situation. Here's something I want to share with you. A man named Nick Vajusic was born in 1982. Some of you may have heard of him. And he was born without any limbs. When Nick was born, his father was so shocked that he left the hospital room to throw up. His mother was so distraught that she couldn't even bring herself to hold her baby boy until he was four months old. Growing up, Nick was severely bullied at school, and at eight years old, he says he became so depressed, and at 10 years old, 10 years old, he attempted suicide by drowning in a bathtub, but luckily, he was unsuccessful. Eventually, Nick found God. He became a Christian and he learned to love himself and to accept himself for who he is. Nick is an inspirational person. He was able to graduate from university. He taught himself how to play musical instruments and use a computer. In 2005, Nick founded this organization called Life Without Limbs in order to spread hope to all those around. He is an inspiration to the world. I believe we have a photo of him. He is a motivational speaker and he gives talks worldwide. He has written several books and he is regularly on TV shows and different programs. You see, my friends, no matter how difficult our life is, No matter how many times we look at our situation and we say to ourselves, I don't have the same privileges that that person had. I don't have the same opportunities that that person had. I wasn't given those things growing up. We have no excuse. 
peace because our past does not determine our future. And Nick is an inspiration to us all that life can still be lived well. And no matter our lot, we can still be thankful and appreciate the life that God has given us. Even when we think our situation is bad, God is able to take our misfortunes and help turn them into something good. Part of enjoying our life and enjoying what God has given us is not focusing on the things we don't have. Because you see, when we constantly focus on the things we don't have or we don't yet have or what other people have, we're always going to be in a state of discontentment. Do you know that? We're always going to be longing for what they have, comparing our blessings and our life to other people's life. Your life is not the same as your life. Your life is not the same as my life. We all have different things that we go through. And we also all struggle differently as well. And just because you may not see someone struggle doesn't mean that they're not going through something. And so we need to stop comparing our life to other people and appreciate what we do have. All right, so let's talk about what you do have and enjoying those things that God has given you. Well, let's talk about some practical things around you. All right? Some practical everyday things. What about the furniture that you have in your home that no one's allowed to sit on? <laughs> and, and anybody had that growing up especially? Did, did anyone have that? Maybe some of you. You, you know the, the couches or, you know, the, the, the living room set that, you know, only special guests or certain times of the year? Some of you probably didn't, and that's good. But, you know, I know, I've been in your houses, and, you know, we, we get to sit in the fancy room, and I know nobody gets to sit there, right? So that's a real privilege. Listen, my friends, enjoy your stuff. Use it. Sit on it. You don't ruin it, but take care of it and use it. Let's talk about your clothes. Listen, I know some of you have lots of clothes in your closet, but they're only for special occasions. Every single day that you wake up is a special occasion. Wear your clothes. Use your stuff. Spray your perfume. You know, whatever you have, use it. Enjoy it. Let's talk about your dishes. Those crystal glasses in the buffet collecting dust. Those fancy plates are displayed and no one's ever eaten from them. My friends, use your dishes. It's there. Enjoy them. You've had them for so long, you might as well enjoy them, right? All right. <laughs> Listen, I want to tell you a secret. I want to tell you a secret, okay? And I mean this with love. Okay, I think of it as your like daughter telling you this, okay? Your children, your grandchildren don't want your stuff, okay? We, we don't want it. We, we appreciate that it was there growing up, but we don't want it. 
And one day when you pass away, we're either going to sell it, we're going to donate it, or it's going to go filed in that black bin. <laughs> right? So use your stuff, my friends. Enjoy the life that God has given you. Enjoy your stuff. Enjoy your blessings. And this is not meant to be materialistic, but this is practical stuff that you have that is sitting there that you should use to enjoy it. Amen? Amen. All right. How else can we get a life that we love? Well, don't waste your time by, you know, doing things that you don't want to do. Spend it on things that you do want to do, especially for those of you who are retired. For those of you who have more time on your hands, use it to learn a new skill. Learn a new language. Learn how to play an instrument. Listen. I learned how to cook on YouTube, and if I can do that, you can surely learn a new skill, okay? So use the advantage. We have all of this technology at our fingertips. Use it. Learn something new. Use your time wisely. How else can we enjoy this life that God has given us? Enjoy and explore God's creation. Now, this does not mean that you even have to leave the country, right? If, if you are able to travel and you have the means to do so, wonderful. But there are so many beautiful parks and nature trails and different places right in your own community that you can enjoy and take in God's creation. And here's something. When you're going on a walk, even if it's just, you know, for, for 10 minutes or whatnot, use that time to pray. Thank God for his creation. Thank him for this world that he's created. Enjoy your life and enjoy God's creation around you. How else can we use this life? Well, we can volunteer by doing something that you now have time to do, right? Use your skills and your talents and your time and volunteer in some way that you may be able to, um, to help and, and, and benefit other people as well and yourself. Uh, Brother Richmond, please come. How else can we make this life, make the most of it? Make new friends. Make new friends and help other people to grow personally and spiritually. Use the opportunity you have at church by meeting other people, getting to know someone. You know, I know that you're hungry, right? When the clock turns a certain time and you're ready to go. But here's something, take a couple minutes and just say hi to someone you've never met before. Just ask them their name. Get to know someone new. You can have friendships and form friendships by inviting someone to meet up for a cu cup of coffee, inviting them to, to go to have lunch or, or, or to invite them to Bible study, whatever it may be. Use that time and that opportunity that you have have. I've invited uh, two of our men who are part of the men's Bible study to briefly share with you how the men's Monday morning Bible study and their men's group has just been a blessing to them. And so they're just going to briefly tell you about it. This is Brother Wayne Richmond and Brother Rupert Williams. Please come. Good morning, church family. 
Welcome back, Pastor Nick, hiding somewhere, and family. You know, um, no doubt the COVID virus has put a damper on, on everything that we've done, or we've been doing, including uh, coming to church. And no one knows where it will end, but we have to continue giving thanks to God for bringing us through the COVID and through other illnesses. In the meantime, we need to continue giving thanks for, like I say, him bringing us through the storm. I'd like to read Isaiah 55, 12. For you shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall break forth into singing, and all the trees in the fields shall clap their hands. Pastor Lisa knows that we're retired. We're in the men's, uh, men's Bible class, and we also take part in a weekly trek. Um, I'd like to extend an invitation to church members to join us in those treks. I don't know if uh, there's some pictures. Every week, every Thursday, we go out and enjoy the scenery in, in, in the parks and fields, and I'd like to share that with you. It's a good experience. We also had an opportunity to continue our Bible class discussions during the walks. The ladies go out to us as well. They're to their side, maybe discussing Bible studies or cooking or something else. We, the men, we have joint discussions with our wives and by ourselves. So it's, there's lots that we can do. So we do share in the experience. And I'd like you to extend the, extend the invitation for other families to join with us. I just want to add additionally, um, the, the men's Bible class that we started um, five and a half years ago, probably six. It was, um, I had this, it came to me, I was praying, praying about it and it came to me and I approached uh, Brother Cedric um, Ray and um, Brent, Brent Maxwell. We went to the Tim Hortons there. It was, it was uh, I think, one day after the, the, the men's breakfast there, or maybe not. But anyway, we met there, and, you know, we discussed how we could engage men, how we could bring men more into a fellowship into and, and uh, foster relationships that we see are not being um, uh, not being not happening in, in, around us. We know that men are reluctant. Most oftentimes, my wife, I think she's here somewhere. She she's constantly on the phone with um, with the ladies of the church, talking about scripture, about life. Gossiping, all of this stuff. <laughs> but we men, we have this reluctance, uh, you know, to come together. And I've, uh, I've enjoyed this, um, this, this, um, what he's talking about, the walks that we've gone on. We go every Thursday. We've gone through the winter. As long as it's not raining, we've gone. We have different routes that we've taken. Um, Pastor Lisa, I don't want to take up your time, but um, 
just to tell you that there is a chance for us to engage each other. And the Bible class that we have now, we engage in every Monday morning at 9 o'clock, it's been a blessing to us. We've seen men grow in their, in their spiritual walk. Guys who, who uh, you know, were hanging on the fence, as we say, they've come along and, and you know, they're, they're, they're right into learning about God and about the scriptures. So I want to give God thanks for Damien. He, it, it, he's not uh, one of the retirees, but he helped us out with the Zoom because we started out pre-COVID and then after COVID we went to Zoom. And it's been a blessing for us. And I must say that if, if there's any men out there who are thinking of, you know, looking for something to do, if you're retired, if, even if you're not retired, join us because we have a great time on Mondays. We don't get to go to the Tim Hortons after the, after this, uh, which we used to do when we were in, in the in downstairs, but we try and do it on, uh, like on Thursday. So think about it, and um, we hope that you, uh, you, you come, and sh come and enjoy what we've been enjoying throughout these five or six years. Thank you. Thank you, Wayne and Rupert. And seriously, I want you to consider, especially men, sometimes it's a little harder for men to make friends and socialize, sometimes. And so if you are available Monday mornings, 9 a.m., they meet for men's Bible study. They let me pop in from time to time. And the teaching is really good. And also Thursday mornings, they go for, you know, a walk. They explore nature. And this is not just men, but it's open to everyone. And so if you're interested in joining, going out, just checking it out, then please see the gentleman after service and they can give you more information on um, what they're doing. All right. The bottom line, my friends, is I want you to enjoy this life that God has given you. I don't want you to sit back and let it pass you by and waste it. And so I want you to have every opportunity. And sometimes that means us making that effort to put in and make the initiative. Amen? Amen. Growing up, my brothers and I, from a very young age, were taught in the Outar household not to waste anything. Anyone else? Was that ingrained in you? All right. So it was like an unspoken rule in our household that whatever it is, whether food or products, cleaning, hygiene, whatever, you don't waste it, but you use it to the last drop. That, that was ingrained in me. And so naturally, because that was ingrained in me from a young age, it carried over as an adult. So now... Now even more so because I pay my own bills, right? <laughs> We're not wasting anything, right? And so, you know, often a phrase that was repeated is, don't waste what's left. Don't waste what's left. There's more left. Don't waste it, right? And so we weren't supposed to waste anything, which, of course, um, some of my friends thought, you know, that's being very cheap, but I look at it and I think, well, I'm being wise, <laughs> right? So whatever it may be. So I'm going to show you an example. Is, is that okay? All right. So my toothpaste, 
And, and I'll show this side, right? So my, my toothpaste, to, to most people, it looks empty, right? You know, it, it looks, it's been well used. You know, you do the whole push it down, you know, it, it's well used. But when you open it and you just push it up a little bit, there's still some left. <laughs> All right, so. That's going to be used later. We're going to just close that down. All right. Now, my, my bottle of lotion. Now, you know, it gets, especially if it's in a pump bottle, okay? You push it down and you're like, oh, no more is coming out. Naturally, some people, I know, some people might throw it away. But not me. What do I do? I cut it open. <laughs> anything. My friends, turn to the person next to you and say, don't waste what's left. Don't waste what's left. All right. Here, here's, here's why I told you this. Yes, it's often important for us to continue to use products because there's some left in there. But more importantly, I told you that because oftentimes there's more left to life than we realize. There's more left to our life than we realize. And it doesn't matter how old you are. And I'm speaking to seniors and elderly people today right now especially. Because the, the truth is that some of you are wasting your life. Some of you are wasting your time. And I want to ingrain in you the way it was ingrained in me. Don't waste what's left. Don't waste the time that you have on earth. You still have more to give. You still have more to accomplish. You still have more to experience in this wonderful life that God has blessed you with. Some of you are wasting so much time on the phone, on social media, and yes, that's Elderly people as well, flipping through, scrolling through social media, and, and, and not doing anything productive with it. Some of you are wasting a lot of time watching television. And, and here's something interesting I found. A study was conducted and found that on average, those over the age of 55, okay, those over the age of 55 watch the most television. Here's what they found. People over 55 watched, on average, 36.4 hours of television a week. When you do the math and divide that by seven days, on average, it's 5.2 hours a day. Isn't that something? I'm not saying all of you. This was just a study on average. I'm not saying that you have to be working and being productive every single minute because that's not good either. We need to rest. Our minds need a break. We need to be able to just sit down and relax and enjoy. But you need to also keep your mind and your body moving and occupied as much as possible. And here's something I want to encourage you, okay? Share the knowledge 
the experience and the wisdom you have with your family, with your friends, with other people, so that that does not die with you. Now, you may think I'm being morbid, I'm talking about death, but this is serious. You have a wealth of knowledge that you have accumulated throughout your life, and you are still accumulating. I need that knowledge. I need that wisdom. I need you to share that experience with someone like me. Share it with other people so that we can also know how you overcame that situation. So that we can also know that you have gone through something similar that we're dealing with. So that we can also see what you have done. The things that have worked for you. How God has accomplished things in your life. Share those things things with other people. Find someone that you may need to may be able to mentor or just check in with. I know, I know that some of you may have this mentality, oh, those young people, you know, they have no manners. They just walk past you. They don't say hi. And, and yeah, you know, I, I get that. But why don't you say hi? Why don't you take the initiative? Why don't you make that first move? Why don't you set the example? You see, my friends, we need to look at things sometimes from another perspective. Share that. You have so much to give. God has given you these opportunities, these experiences. Don't waste what's left. There's still so much more. When it comes to getting a life that we love and that loves others, on this journey of life, we need to remember that it's not only about us. It's not only about what we want and our comfort and our security and whatnot, but it's also about sharing God's love with other people, sharing the blessings that we have been given along this journey, along this way. God didn't give us life so that we could be selfish, so that we could just, you know, keep it to ourselves, but that we would share it with others, with his creation, and love them too. In John chapter 15, verse 12, Jesus says, this is what I tell you to do. Love each other just as I have loved you. This is a new command that Jesus gave to the people. He said, love one another. Share that love that I've given you. Share it with one another. And here's the thing. You don't even have to know the person personally to be able to love them and to share God's blessings with them. God often places opportunities in our way to be able to be a blessing to someone else. We just need to look for them and we need to be obedient when we feel the Holy Spirit leading us. During the 2010 Zhengkai International Marathon, athlete Jacqueline Kiplimo from Kenya did something that stunned the world. While she was running in the marathon, she witnessed a fellow competitor who was a double amputee struggling to drink water. Instead of seeing her moment to run ahead of him and pass him, she decided that she would run alongside him from the 10-kilometer mark to the 38-kilometer mark. She ran beside him, helping him to drink water at all of the watering stations. 
Because of the help she so compassionately provided him, her runtime was slowed down. She was slowed down, and this caused her to lose her first place position, and she placed second in the race, costing her the win and $10,000 in cash prize. Jacqueline Kiplimo showed the world that day that to her, being compassionate, helping someone else in need was more important than winning a race that she had been preparing for her whole life. You see, friends, life is like a marathon. The goal is not to finish first. The goal is to finish and to finish well. And while we run this race that God has set before us called life, we need to remember others along the way to show love, to show care, and to show compassion wherever, whenever, and whenever we can. Colossians chapter 1 verse 16 tells us, Christ made everything in heaven and on earth. He made everything that is seen and things that are not seen. He made all the powers of heaven. Everything was made by him and for him. You see, God has made all things. He has made everything for himself and to share it with us because of his love for us. God has given us this privilege of enjoying what he has made. In Revelation chapter 4 verse 11, it reinforces this point by saying, you God made all things. They were made and have life because you wanted it that way. He made all that there is. And if God made everything for himself, for his pleasure and his purposes, then we, my friends, need to get a life that worships and serves God. Worships and serves him. From the start, God created us with free will. The ability for us to choose for ourselves. And even though we have that ability to choose, God wants us to choose him. God wants us to choose to serve him. So how can we worship and serve God in this life? Well, talk about God as often as you can with as many people as you can. My friends, wherever you go, use that as an opportunity to give God praise. Use that as an opportunity to share that God has been a blessing to you, to give God credit for even you waking up this morning. Use every opportunity you can to share about God, not only with people you know, but people you meet at the doctor's office, standing in the grocery checkout line, Line, in doing mall walking, whatever it is that you do, use the opportunity to give God praise. Get into the habit of publicly thanking God and acknowledging his blessings. You see, when we get into the habit of publicly thanking God, the, the idea is the focus is not only on us. Because I didn't accomplish this. I didn't get myself here. I didn't give myself those blessings. But when we give God the credit, we acknowledge where things have come from. So get into the habit of doing that. How else can we worship and serve God? Live a life that is in submission to God's word. 
Live a life that is in submission and obedience to God's word and how he calls us to live. Do not be ashamed of the gospel or your beliefs. Do not be ashamed to pray publicly with or for someone. Worship God privately and corporately with prayer, reading the word, singing praises to God, worshiping him. Allow the Holy Spirit to lead and to direct you. How else? By loving and caring for others. If we are the hands and feet of God, that means that we serve on his behalf. And if we are doing that, God says, whatever you do to the least of these, you do as to me. And so we are worshiping God when we are helping other people. But above all, my friends, the most important way that we can worship and serve God is by surrendering our lives to him, by putting our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ, by acknowledging him as our Savior and Lord. The bottom line is that God wants us to live a life that we will enjoy, but we must not forget our purpose here on earth the reason that we have been created, and to remember that there is an eternity waiting for us. Too many people are living however they want without any regard for the one who has created them. Don't be in that boat. Don't live your life with no regard for God because he has called us to live a life that is pleasing to him because he has created us with purpose. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 to 16 in closing says, Be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but live like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Make the most of every opportunity that you've been given to use it to praise God, to worship God, and to help his people. Jesus said in John chapter 9 verse 4, as long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no work, no one can work. My friend, there is a day coming where our life on earth will come to an end. And the opportunity that we have to make a difference in this world will end. Use your time wisely. Whether you live five years or 105 years, we don't know. But life is fleeting like a vapor and everything we do can count. Don't waste what's left. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are the giver, the sustainer, the creator, the one Lord who spoke all that there is into being. And we thank you, God, that even though, Lord, you have created everything there is, you value us even more. You love us and you desire to call us friend. You desire to have a relationship with us because you are our father. And so God, I pray for my brothers and sisters this morning. I pray that you would send, Lord, a, a desire and a longing for them to not waste this time that 
they have on this earth. We don't know, Lord, how long we will have, but we pray that every single day we would live with purpose. We would do something, even if it's small, to bring honor and glory to you. We would share our knowledge and our wisdom and our experiences. We would enjoy the life that you have given us and the stuff and the blessings you have bestowed upon us. But Lord, help us not to forget other people as well. Help us, Lord, to share those blessings, to love people and to see them the way that you see them. And God, above all, we pray that we would worship and serve you and you alone. And so, Father, we, we pray that you would help us to put you first. I pray, God, that if there is anyone here who has not made that decision for themselves to surrender their lives, that, Lord, you would compel them through the power of your Holy Spirit. Father, we give you ourselves and we say, Lord, here I am to worship because this is why we have been created. And so we give ourselves away to you, God, because you are the one who has given us life. And it is in you that we find meaning and purpose and being and identity and reason to go on. And so, Lord, come and have your way among your people. May you speak and challenge and move. And we thank you, God. For this life that you have given us, help us not to waste it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Would you stand? And as we sing this closing song, I believe that there are some of you today who need to come and spend some time in prayer. And maybe you need to say, Lord, help me. Help me to use what I have to be a blessing to others. Help me to love the way that you love. Help me to worship and to serve you. Help me, Lord, to make the most of this life or show me how I can live a life that is meaningful and pleasing with the time I have left. Whatever it is, my friends, you come and find a place of prayer here at the altars. God bless you.